Welcome to the 501 Companion Podcast. It is a big episode. And when I say big, I mean really big. You know why? Because this is episode number 10. I'm going to give you a few fun tens. This is our top 10 episode. And base 10 is the foundation of the number system and the official number of the 10 commandments. 10 was the debut of Bo Derek in a movie also named 10. If the decathlon is 10 events in field and track, this show is the gold medal winner of the decathlon and officially your 10 second knockout. Nick, cue the music. Guys, we are in the Big Ten. And one of the reasons that it is our Big Ten was because officially we marked this as if we made 10 episodes, we would not only be really proud of ourselves for staying on track, but we would begin to start moving in a direction where we'll start to have some guests. So if you're already subscribing to the show, thank you so much. Thank you for the show notes and and all the support that you've had. You know that uh, you can find us right now on the 501c3lookup.com org website. We'll mention that again a few times because it's not an easy one to remember. But the most important thing is you'll see some improvements on the website. And also, it's an opportunity for you to begin to subscribe. But first, let me introduce my co-hosts. Matt, tell them who you are and then tell us about why, why 10 is special to you. Hello, everybody. I am Matt. I am your digital marketer. And uh, number 10 is special to me because I'm going to keep with soccer for a little while. Number 10 is what's known as the playmaker. This is the position just behind the forwards. And so they're not always responsible for driving the ball into the goal, but they are acutely responsible for creating the goal scoring opportunities. And this is why they are called the playmaker, because they have to be aware of everything going on and organize people to make sure things happen. Some of the number 10 has been worn by some of the greatest players in history, including Pele, Maradona, Messi. One of the reasons I like the number 10 spot is because it reminds me a lot of marketing and analytics. Got to bring it back to that. If you're only attributing credit to that last touch, that striker, then you're never going to realize the value of the playmaker or the number 10. So the number 10 is a very special number. And speaking of our playmaker, Nick Rufa, the man who puts Intel inside of Intel. Nick, tell him who you are and why 10 is special to you. I am Nick, your company's computer guy. 10 is special to me because Mac OS 10, Windows 10, come on. Sports, I have my Yankee background. There you go. Famous Yankees, those, the scooter Rizzuto. Rick Cerrone, they're also very hot in the 80s like Bo Derek was. <laughs> At least all the ladies. Thank you, Nick. And I am Buddy Scalera, and I am your content strategist and the host for this podcast. And and guys, I really am excited about the next uh, topic, which is our news topic, where we relate what's happening in the news uh, with charitable organizations. Uh, as you guys know, I'm a big car guy, uh, and um, I am a Ford guy, actually. And in the most recent news story, uh, we were uh, discovered uh, that Ford unearthed one $100,000 worth of unused leather during a demolition in their Dearborn, Michigan faculty. Very nice. Facility. 
nice leather yeah and they're in their in their dearborn facility now what makes this special is ford could have just taken this and repurposed it or thrown it out or done almost anything with it but they donated it to a charity called mend on the move and it is also based in michigan and it is uh created uh as a as a way for women to learn a new skill set that is women who have been abused um and uh they use these parts uh, most of them car parts because detroit is the motor city um and what they did is they turned it into jewelry and this leather enabled them to take their jewelry making to another level you know they usually will work with car parts nuts and bolts and things and and they do make amazing things on their website it's called mendonthemove.org uh, you can make a donation to them but ford took this raw material and then donated it to a community in their area uh, for a charity that they obviously believe in uh, i'll start with you nick uh, what were your thoughts when you when you started to read about uh, ford's donation to mend on the move but i thought it was great i mean it you know, coming off of what we talked about last episode with all of that leather that was unearthed and talking about how, uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be a monetary donation. I thought mm -hmm. it was a great idea. It made me think about, you know, uh, charities in my area. What are some of the charities that, you know, may, or what are the what are the businesses that manufacture that may be able to use their uh, materials to to donate, you know, their excess I think about all those uh, Meals on Wheels type of things or restaurants that yep. you know, will save their food or, or uh, you know, donate the next, you know, food to the homeless for the next day. So just thought, thought it was a great thing and it made me think about it and uh, also made me think about how we could do a better job on 501c3lookup.org to identify charities like this and, you know, just use our data to, to help. So. Yeah, I, I agree completely, Nick. And I thought it was a, a, a really encouraging and inspiring story and, and had um, regional relevance for mm -hmm. Ford, who was making the donation. What about you, Matt? What were your thoughts when you started to read this article? Well, I mean, first, they, they, they donated to two companies. The other one was uh, Pingree Detroit. But both, what they both had in common is both organizations were, and I think the one may not have been a, a formal 501c3, but the other one is. But what, what they both had in common, which I thought was really cool for to, to look for, was both companies are about changing lives, about retraining, about getting people to really, you know, uh, pick up a skill working with leather, use the assets they build to fundraise and use, um, you know, also use the skills that they learn in building the assets to, you know, move forward, which I, I thought was, I mean, it's such a great plan. Everybody's wins, right? And, and then... What I also thought was interesting was, you know, this was part of a Ford initiative, right? And part of Ford's initiative was to reduce waste. And so, you know, there's another win. And so, I mean, the more you get into this, the more you're like, win, 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 right? I mean, this is, I think it just, it's firing all cylinders, pun intended, to, uh, to, to really uh, to bring home a, a really, a great move, a great option, right? Which is, which is very cool to yeah, and I think charities um, benefit from organizations uh, that are they already have a relationship with. Ford already had a relationship with Mend on the Move, um, but you know, just recognizing the agility 
of yeah. Ford, but then also recognizing the agility of the charity as well. The charity had not been prior to this working with this material. Yeah. And um, in their announcement, they said it, it, it added a dimension uh, to the things that they create, uh, creating opportunity yeah. for women who prior to this probably, uh, they, as they said in their, their own press release, maybe they didn't know they had this skill or this yeah. passion. And it's a way for them to begin to uh, rebuild their lives uh, after abuse and uh, move on and do something else uh, that they're passionate about or continue working with us. So this one really yeah. made me happy. I, I thought this is such a great uh, charitable example. I agree. And I encourage anybody to go there and to, to their website, check it out and, and buy some of their stuff. And what I also like what Ford did is this really, this large scale donation um, opened the door for them to be able to make some things uh, and sell some things that can help bring the organization to the next level as well, yeah. which is uh, again, pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, when we think about uh, what this means, uh, I'd like to just put a little context, which is the uh, donation, as you said, Matt, was a win-win, yep. yep. uh, but it was also very much in keeping with Ford's brand. Yep. And uh, and it made a lot of sense and, and, and clearly is helping a lot of people in need, a lot of women who could use this uh, as a great opportunity for them um, in their lives in this next chapter of their lives. So we will include in our show notes uh, on the website yep. uh, links to these uh, organizations and to the announcement that, that I discovered in the news article. Nick, tell them where the website is and tell them where they can find the podcasts. Sure. It's 501c3lookup.org. And right up in the top navigation, we've got 501c Companion, a podcast, and we've got our videos and audio versions as well. Uh, you can link to it on uh, usual podcast locations, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Etc. Um, and, and, and Nick, have you ever seen Matt this excited about the upcoming topic that we're talking about? I mean, he's always he's <laughs> always charged up and ready to go. And, and if people go back to the website, they'll find all of the topics that lead up to this journey that Matt is, is taking us on. But he he's really he's really excited now. He isn't is. He, Nick? he is. A little foreshadowing right there. You mentioned leading up to the journey, right? Because that's what we've been doing. That's what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks is we've been taking these steps. And I know I can feel the energy. I can feel going, move faster, get to the things that are interesting. Because we started with the vision. We started with the mission. The mission. We moved on to a couple of other elements: uh, targeting, segmentation. You know, knowing your market. You know, we took a break into behavior change for a couple of weeks and understanding those things. So, you know, but if you really look at it, what we've done is we've talked about three things. We've talked about knowing ourselves, right? We talked about knowing our goals, knowing our customers mm -hmm. and knowing their behaviors. And now we talked about behavior change, right? Is what we did. So those three things, knowing ourselves, know our customers, understand behavior. Now what we're going to do is we're going to start putting these things together in sort of a time sequence, right? So to begin building the journey and that journey will then be used to find opportunities. So what we're going to do is we're going to find the journey and then start putting it together. What do you think? I think that's great. But Matt, real quick, mm -hmm. when you say journey, you don't mean physically we're walking somewhere. Can you just tell people who haven't been uh, listening uh, what you mean when you say journey? We're talking about customer journeys. We're talking about the journey from somebody who is not aware of you, not aware of your product, not aware of your organization, 
the steps that they take to where they become a customer of your organization, a repeat customer, and eventually even an advocate. So are you saying it could be someone who is just like us, who found charities that we thought were interesting based on our own interest, and then we did a lookup on a website like Nick's website, and then maybe did a little bit of research and then said, I'm going to make a one-time donation. But then after that, we saw the benefit of how our money was benefiting the charity. And now we continue on our journey. Would that be a an okay summary for our listeners? Yeah. You know, I think that's an okay summary, but I think you, uh, the one thing we should clarify is it's not always about money, right? Sure. It's not always about trying to solicit a donation. And I think oftentimes we simplify things down to, you give me the money, I'll figure out the right way to do it, the right way to spend it. But if you look at what Ford did, Ford didn't give any money, right? Ford gave leather. Ford gave an opportunity that was a partnership. You know, if we looked at some of the other stuff, Nick has baseball up. We looked at, you know, some people can give art. Some people can give time. Some people can give expertise. And some people can actually contribute directly to the mis- mission of the organization, that is right. extremely true. Yeah. You know, I, as you mentioned with the pit bulls, right? I mean, yeah. you can pick one up and drive it, you know, across the state to the next person to get them to their new home. And 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 just look at what we've all done. And, and we're not here to talk about ourselves, yep. but we all do know. And, and for our listeners, you know, sure. our background is as technologists. We each come at technology from a different place, but we have all contributed uh, our uh, skills and knowledge Absolutely. and background to help optimize websites or increase registrations. So I think you're right. Nick, you know, you're a prime example. You, you know, you saw this opportunity and you, you, you know, you built the website uh, 50 one c3 lookup.org just because mm-hmm. you just felt like you wanted to help yeah yep yeah. yeah. and it could be like for instance i'm a technologist but i also for many years volunteered my time as a soccer coach right ah. for, uh, for a charitable organization and, and you know, know their that. mission was had to do with uh, local kids playing soccer getting people out getting people active and you know i it's not that i was donating money but i was donating time and effort and skills and contributing directly to their mission. And an organization that's looking for someone to contribute, they, you know, you might not always have an audience that can donate money, but maybe you can solicit people like you or Nick or me to -hmm. contribute our time, which is what you might have paid for anyway with a donation. And we would probably be very happy to help. And I think that that's a a really great overview of of the journey. But I don't I don't want to step on it because I know you have a lot to cover. So why don't why don't we hand this over to you? Yeah, it's a great question. If you have it, I'm sure other people do so the journey is about what are people doing now where what would you like to get them to do right and and what are those steps and what is that linear step that series of behaviors and behavior changes as well as knowing yourself and understanding what are you qualified to help them with so the series of choices and inflection points or decisions right assembled in a line usually over time, eventually becomes the journey. Now, we talked about personas. Do you remember the personas, right? I do. Right? So persona is kind of a 
almost fictional example, somebody who feels really real, but is an example uh, that contains the characteristics of one potential customer in, in one area, and there's several different personas. So you can have several personas. They can be in the journey at the same time, but they may be crossing over. They may be changing. So a good example of that would be like Lowe's or the Home Depot, right? Shopping at Lowe's, you may have somebody shopping for themselves to do their own work, and that's one persona, right? You may have somebody who is a, a professional who is, you know, doing larger scale things back regularly. That's another persona, but everybody is checking out, right? At some point, you're getting the wood and you're checking out. And it's two different personas that can be in a very similar journey. And you want to understand those different items. And when do these journeys cross? When is it similar? When is it different? And how do you want to work with each with each person in the personas in the journeys? Make sense? It sure does. Okay. So as the persona progresses or regresses through the journey, your job is to understand that and to provide the right information at the place they are right now. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Hi, my name is Matt. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Matt. And your name is? Um, my name is Buddy Scalera. Right. Now, you and I have met before. It doesn't make sense for me to introduce myself. It was kind of awkward, right? <laughs> now, if you treat your customers like that, you'll have a similar response, which is, uh, what are you going for here? <laughs> right? Why did you just introduce yourself? I've been a pro. I've been an advocate. I've been somebody that's volunteered their time. I've been somebody that's donated but you've come at me as if you have no idea who I am, even somewhat discrediting me or making me feel like my value isn't, you know, you don't feel that it's been, been valuable, right? So the journey can be very important to understand that rather than me saying, hi, my name is Matt, again, right now, after I just did it three minutes ago, <laughs> right? To instead understand our history together, how much I know about you, how much you know about me, and maybe say, buddy, you work on comics. I have a potential opportunity for us to work together on something. Are you interested in collaborating? Right? And so you see how the difference in how we interact with each other is very important to the time and the place and where we stand in the journey. And then when we're farther along, I may even ask you to become an advocate to say, buddy, we've worked together for a while. Nick, you and I know each other. We've had lunch probably hundreds, not a thousand times, right? Would you mind speaking up on my behalf? Would you mind sending out a tweet? Would you mind coming to a program for me and telling people about the good work we do, right? And you yourself may become an advocate for us. So if I instead said, hi, Nick, my name is Matt. Nice to meet you. Again, awkward, right? So you, the journey is very important because it is somewhat linear, but not always. Because what's changed over time has been that concept, as they like to say, you're standing in the aisle. You are at ShopRite or, I don't know, King's Market or Whole Foods, and you're looking up and down the aisle, and you have to pick something off the shelf and put it in your cart, right? And this used to be the shopper model, right? And then you go and you 
check out. As you check out, you see candy, you grab one of those, right? You see a interesting magazine with a catchy title about a celebrity who did something shocking, but you have to open it up to find out what, right? Put that in the cart and you're on your way. Nowadays, we have dun, 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 mobile devices, right? right? You can go from, I am not aware of you to I am a customer in seconds. So the journey is not always linear anymore. You can jump. And it's important to know the difference of what kind of context you're providing in and information you're providing in that journey. So a good part of that would be how location can play, how timing can play. So for example, buddy, you are shopping for your pet. Is this a good time or a bad time to talk about, what is it, 11th hour? What was the name of the Pitbull? Uh, oh, I forget. Yeah. Yeah, the Pitbull organization that you're a big fan of, right? Is that a good time or a bad time to talk about it? It's a good time. We're in the frame of mind. We're talking about giving. We're at the checkout counter. Would you like to round up? Absolutely, I would. Right? Yeah. This is a good time. It's in context, right? You know, as opposed to you're driving down the road and you see a billboard with a big text here to donate. Now you're driving. How are you going to text? Or a right? QR code, right? <laughs> right? Or a QR code. <laughs> right? So it's really important to understand the context of your customers, where they are in the journey relative to you, what information you're able to provide. So somebody says, hey, um, what are you, what do you do? Uh, that's some information. How can I contribute? That's another information. I'd like to volunteer. I'd like to help. That's other information. Now, it may be about framing the problem as well, right? Somebody may not know about the problem you're trying to solve. Looks like you had a question. Yeah, no, I think, you know, back to the dog thing, yep. you know, we, we have adop adopted uh, several pit bulls from high kill shelters. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when we think about adoption for us, um, we think of where can we get this dog? And yep. since we're based in New Jersey, we are far more interested in pets that can be picked up in New Jersey right. and brought, in, brought into our home uh, and loved either temporarily until they can find uh, a, you know, their forever home or yep. just if we, you know, we, we, my wife has said that she's willing to take on a senior dog, you know, close to the end of that dog's life. And now they know us as being multiply, you know, having multiple adoptions. Mm -hmm. They trust us. Mm -hmm. that we've been vetted mm -hmm. and then there's the potential to say look can you take care of this this wonderful pit bull near the end of his life so i think the context yeah. of the relationship as you articulated is extremely important yeah. as opposed to them saying do you want a puppy and we would say well you know we've never wanted a puppy and we really don't need a puppy that's based in i don't know the other side of the country on the west coast that's right so I think um, knowing your customer and where they are in their journey, they might even say, you know, you've had your dog for a really long time. Maybe you want another senior dog. And uh, I think that's a, that's an extremely important opportunity uh, that we see the, the Pitbull Rescue uh, doing a very good job with. Yeah. And so I'm going to follow that with the next topic, right? So we're starting to talk about choices. We're starting to talk about inflection points. We're starting to define the journey. Now we're going to talk about barriers, right? We're going to talk about what's 
stopping you from getting another dog tonight. All right. Well, it's nighttime. <laughs> That's right. So There's a I mean, concert behind me. Right? There is a concert. Yeah, I'm at a game here. Here. Nick is also at a game. Yeah. yeah. But no, but seriously, um, what is stopping you from taking another step? Should they write you off completely? You're no longer an opportunity for them. Or is there something they feel like they can contribute to you to give you information, to mm -hmm. give you the proper incentive, to leverage the proper, as we discussed, behavior change techniques to understand how to get you to that next step? So you've taken on a senior dog. That's wonderful. What about two, three, four, five? right? What would help them accomplish their mission? And maybe if you can't take on a dog, maybe you can find somebody who will become an advocate. And what is the barrier to you becoming an advocate? Or maybe it would be best if uh, you can donate to help feed a dog while it is waiting to be housed, right? So what are they looking to do? Maybe you can go pick up a dog, as we mentioned, do that daisy chain up the coast, right? And, and help out in another way. So they know where you're at. They know you're a fan. They know that you have contributed in the past. And now what will help you do something else? Contribute again. You never want to end the journey. As I like to say, Nick has heard me say it. Buddy's heard me say it. No dead ends, right? You never want to get to a point where the customer says, made it past the finish line. I'm done. Right. Right. There's no dead ends to, to a journey. There's always a next step. There's always something else. You always want to stay in contact. You always want to think. And you want to start to think about what is that next step and what is the barrier to that next step? Because even you, look at you, buddy. You've got a podcast and a video cast and a Twitter account. You're somebody that can help them as an advocate, right? What's preventing that? Nothing, because we're here talking about it. Right. But <laughs> you get my point, right? For any of the organizations out there, don't just think about achieving your goal and then stopping, right? What's the next goal? And then start to think about that's the journey. What are the barriers? So let's start to talk about barriers. What kind of barriers for any people with any organization um, could exist? Doesn't have, we don't have to talk about pitfalls. Could be anything. Any thoughts? Hmm. Okay, I'm asking you for money. What's a potential barrier? I might not have enough money in my account that I use for donations, which is my PayPal account. That's typically right. how I control everything through my PayPal. This way they can't take more money than I have. And I don't have much cash in there right now. And it'll take me at least a week to transition money from my primary bank to PayPal. That That's one thing. Right. Uh, or I might be a barrier, uh, money barrier. Or it just might be bad timing, right? Like I bad could be. Bad timing. Follow know, up just, at another time. Right. Like I, you know, I'll go back to the dog adoption. Okay, well, maybe after we get back from uh, summer vacation, right? right. The kids are back in school. We want to be able to travel freely. We can't adopt a dog during summer better, vacation. Better context, right? So maybe summer's not the right time, but maybe we transition the message during the summer. So these are things that we have to start to understand. There's lots of different barriers. Nick, what are some barriers for you? Maybe you have a well, cat. <laughs> I mean, money certainly won. Um, I mean, time, you, you sort of mentioned the time as well, buddy. I was thinking of that while you said that. Um, I'm looking to help, but it's really just a lot for me to take right, on right now. Right. 
So maybe there's something you could do that's smaller and that's a message that they could be prepared to help with and deliver. Look, I, I can't, I can't, you know, I'm sorry, I can't take on that kind of responsibility right now. That's okay. That's not a problem. If you're prepared for these barriers, you're also preparing to overcome these barriers and, and to get to the desired behaviors. And it's not just backup. It's not just salesmanship. It's working towards your mission. And that's very important to remember that you don't mistake this for salesmanship, right? This is a little bit different. Sorry, Nick, keep going. No, no that, that was it. Uh, time is, was the big one. That was the one I was thinking of. Right. Time is a big one. Time <laughs> is a big one for, for all of us, right? And and so- I want to go back to something that you had said, uh, and I had I had to look it up real quick while we were, we were speaking. Um, uh, you had noted creating um, a tool. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's not easy for people to recruit other uh, like-minded people. They might not have those people in their network. Yeah. Um, but my wife has discovered that uh, there's a, a political commentator, or television personality. His name is Keith Olbermann. Um, but he is also a big fan of adopting dogs, abused dogs, particularly pit bulls. And he uses his Twitter platform. And then you can accelerate that. It's a non-political statement. Just this dog needs to be adopted. Mm -hmm. And he uses that platform and he helps a lot of dogs get adopted. That creates a, an easy way for people to share those yeah. animals. So whatever shelter is working with Keith Oberman, he is using his celebrity platform yep. um, to accelerate awareness. And then my wife, who has friends who say, hey, if you ever see a pit bull come up that you think we'll like, she has forwarded along those tweets to them. That's right. And that's that is that is quite literally a tool. But, you know, you can even imagine more sophisticated tools, yep. you know, like the website where somebody says, you know, I'm really interested in, you know, donating to some charity. They can go to the website that Nick built and go and look for something that that matters to them. And those tools are out there uh, yep. to, to help people to connect with those charities. By the way, Nick, how much do you charge to utilize to use your website? It is free, buddy. Free? Always free to use. Free. Always free. This is a great resource <laughs> that I just happened to slip into the conversation because I knew the answer. Go ahead, uh, Matt, take over. No, absolutely. So, I mean, we started down this path of behaviors. We started noting journeys, putting them in sequence, understanding how the various personas have different journeys, but they can continually weave and interlap. How things like mobile, social technology catapult you to the front of that journey. You can go from, I'm not aware of you to I'm your best customer in a matter of minutes, right? So that's a really interesting phenomenon that's occurred, you know, and changed the way marketing and uh, sales works over the last couple of years. But then we started to talk about these barriers. And now what you really need to do is you want to look at a couple of things. We understand our mission, our vision, what we're trying to do. We understand our personas, our customers, and what they're doing. We've started to look at those inflection points, those points of decision-making at those times that they are making decisions. We've started to talk about the barriers to the decision we'd, we'd like them to make, right? And now what we have to do is we have to start to rank them. Which of these are opportunities? Because as organizations, especially, we can't go after all of them, <laughs> you know? As much as we would love to, as much as we would like to have an answer for every single barrier that's out there, we, you just can't. Right, you can't be on every channel, you can't be in every place, 
you can't have a response set up for every possible barrier. Which of these ones are what we'll call opportunities? Which are the ones that you believe you can impact, impact at scale significantly, right? And the ones that will most benefit your organization. Again, I'm going to go back to it's not always about soliciting donation. Obviously, that's nice because you can have the most control and direct it, but it's as an organization, which is different than a for-profit company who's looking at share price or looking at revenue, 501c3s look at their mission, right? That is that important. So accomplishing the mission, right? If somebody could come in and say, I can't give you a dollar, but I can automatically with the snap of my fingers, rescue every single pit bull out there, they'd say I'm in, right? Because that's the mission, right? So that's good. So what you want to understand as charitable organization, which of these things help you accomplish your mission in the most way? And I'm going to tell you, it's not always the ones you think. I know very early on, in these episodes, we started talking about the persona of, what was it, a Ferrari? I was trying, I'm trying to remember. We started talking about, you know, the wealthy donor, you know, the as as the persona. Every Let's target, you know, the, the big Fords of tons of leather, right? You know, the, the reason it's news is because it doesn't happen a lot. Right. You know, it's not, you know, they don't always do demolition on a plant. They don't always find premium leather in the basement and they don't all, when they do, they don't always donate it to local organizations. And when they do, you're not always one of those local organizations. So, you know, it's important to understand which of these have a good return because it may also be if, for example, I have to spend $5 to get four dollars right not a great deal you know and at the larger scales you start to see that if it cost me ten thousand dollars to get a thousand dollar donation i'm out nine thousand dollars but if it cost me three dollars to get a five dollar donation that's more positive but people always want to look at that large number and say but it's bigger Right. <laughs> so it's not when you start to look at the, the data, when you start to look at who do you have access to, right? Who could be your potential customer? What can they contribute? How can they contribute? What am I qualified to speak to them about, you know, in terms of time, in terms of who am I? Remember, we talked about behavior change. We talked about the mess, who is the message coming from? Are they a friend? Are they familiar? Are they some sort of qualified thought leader in the area? You know, what are these things that you are qualified to speak on? And can you overcome these barriers, right? It may be a barrier of access. I don't have access to get this message to somebody. Right? Yeah, I so- think about the, bar- the barrier that we saw and still see during the pandemic where events that people used to host and run uh, as either fundraiser or awareness raisers uh, are no longer running or can't run for a while. You know, fun runs and 5Ks and things of that nature um, are still on hold. And I think a lot of charities uh, figured out very quickly, I'm sure, how to pivot around that. Um, But then others are struggling. You know, they don't necessarily know that 
Um, what you did last year may not work this year. And I think I think there's a certain amount of data that you have to collect, as you were noting, Matt, to say, you know, when do you hit the diminishing return? If you're spending three to get five, but that now you have to spend four to get five, now you have to spend 450 to get five, you might be seeing a diminishing return and you yeah. might need to pivot and find some other way to get your goals. And I think looking at the data consistently yeah. and making a longitudinal uh, analysis yeah. is, is essential to knowing when you've hit a point of diminishing returns. Yeah, look at Matt. See, Matt, Matt likes because I, I listen when, he, when we go out for sushi. I, I, that's right. That's right. I love it. What I love about something you just said right there, right? I'm going to, I'm going to compact it and summarize it into what we've been talking about is it's really important to know yourself and your goals, right? You really did. I know when we talked early on in those early episodes, I encourage anybody who hasn't listened to them to go back. We talked about things as simple as vision and mission. Who People want to skip those first steps. They want to go right to tactical. They want to do those, that cool marketing things. How do I put up a website? How do I send an email? How do I put a donate button on my Instagram account, right? But you, without having a focus, without understanding the issue, the core, the real issue, the five whys. Remember, we talked about that a long time ago. The core issue of what you're trying to do, you don't even know what you're asking your customers for, right? <laughs> and if you don't know that, then you, you just kind of, I think a lot of people default back to this money concept. Like, well, I don't know what to ask him for. I'm going to ask for money and then I'll figure it out later, right? You know, it, 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 and you lose some efficiency. But if you can really, at the core, understand who you are, who your customers are and how can they help you accomplish your mission. Now, you know, the right thing to ask for. Now, you know, the barriers, now, you know, the messages and the information, right? I think it's, it's it, the way you phrased it there was so core to that, you know, to uh, that understanding about bringing that, this, our journey to this journey all together has been, you know, fantastic. So, you know, we've done this. We started, we got the desired behaviors, we put them in order, we created the journey, we create barriers, we've noted them, which ones are opportunities. And we mean real opportunities as in which ones help us move our mission forward because we printed it out, we posted it on our wall, right? And we're bouncing everything against that. Does it actually help or is it something that's neat? Is it the shiny, distracting object that I'm going to spend lots of money on because I feel like if I build it, they will come, right? Or is this something core to accomplishing our mission and what are the barriers and how does this help us overcome it? And to your point, what do I expect to get out of it, right? You know? Well, I think one of the things that that even if we go back to our journey uh, as a learning group, you know, we did want to get to 10 episodes and uh, we will start to be more uh, proactive about bringing guests in. We've had a couple people reach out to us and we asked them to be patient as we, we figured out what we were trying to accomplish with our podcast. And I, and I do hope that our, our audience goes back and listens to these earlier episodes. Yeah. Um, we, we are a little uh, rougher in the beginning. Um, <laughs> I, I will point the, the, the uh, finger directly at me as a host. It was, I had to get my sea legs and figure out how to do things. And now that we feel like we've gotten this rhythm, I think people who've been listening are starting to see the vision that you've been laying out. You ask people to be patient, Matt. 
Mm-hmm. And, and this was not an easy journey to go on, particularly for people who do not have the type of marketing background. Uh, I should I should know Matt has a master's degree in marketing. Uh, so, you know, he does have a classic training on this and he does it uh, day by day uh, in his career. So I hope that people have gotten a lot out of this learning journey. Nick, what about you? Did you learn a lot during this? Because I, I don't have a master's in marketing and, and I don't think you do as well. Did you, what did you get out of the, uh, this journey that Matt took us on? No, it, 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 did, what I got out of it is have a plan or if you don't have a plan, plan to plan. You know, just don't go in uh, yeah. uh, feet first if that's the right uh, you know, phrase. Think about what you're doing. It has to have a purpose, it has to match up with your mission, as you said, Matt. <clears throat> I mean, I also had some technical thoughts as well, as you gave the uh, supermarket uh, example. I love your technical uh, thoughts. In, you know, coming from the web, background in the web and development, I was thinking about how, you know, people don't always come into your homepage either. You know, I'd imagine right. a lot of newbies will come in and say, oh, I need a homepage and you need a donate button. But right. if you've got a site with a few pages, Google may not index a certain page and they may be coming through the last page you thought they'd ever get to is the first page they see. So, you know, thinking about journeys, just, just, just it crossed my mind as you were saying that. That's right. That's you can point. come into the, it's not all brick and mortar. You can come right. into the journey at any point. No, Nick, I think that's a great point because every page is a landing page for Google, right? Yep. And if you come into an interior page and you can't find your way around, and you might just leave. And then that might be a missed opportunity, both for the person who wants to contribute right. to a charity yeah. uh, and also to the organization. Yeah. So again, planning, you know, comes down to that. You really got to think about every everything you're doing. And Nick, I think that's also a good example because, you know, I, I am historically very strong into like clean, clear, straightforward, honest marketing. You know, you get into some of these you know, how to rank number one in SEO or SEM things. And, you know, there's been these tricks of the trade, how to fool the Google algorithm, how to load up your page with keywords or your email with white text on a white background so they can't read it to trick the spam filters, like all these tricks, right? But, But to your point, Nick, it's important when they come in sideways, right, that if it's a trick, they're going to bounce, right? That's, that's, that's wasted effort. Your mission isn't about tricks, right? Your mission is about, you know, delivering real passion and a, and a, and a core message to people who are real customers. And in doing so, and we'll talk about this as we continue to grow uh, and continue on our journey and our marketing journey, because there's, there's a lot more to it, right? To grow that healthy base, that healthy group of people. If you need to, for instance, continually service the same group for the same thing, whether it's donation, whether it's volunteer time, whatever, that's a, we'll call that in, in programming, in big O notation, we call that, you know, uh, like, like an ant, like this is, you, you can't grow beyond it. Right. Right. You know, you, 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 you are, you are now capping yourself because you have done the tricks 
And when the tricks cease to work, you've capped yourself. If you grow a healthy organization, if you think about healthy customers, people who are truly interested, invested, if you, Nick, for instance, as you mentioned, if they're coming in sideways because that's where we want to be and you're delivering the real information, not having tricked a search engine, right, or had some sort of email that links funny or whatever, you can grow a healthy customer base and that healthy customer base will help you prosper. That will help lift up your organization. Again, very important, really good insight. And I like the technical spin on, on why it's important for web, but for everything else as well. Yeah. I think technical as it's become obvious during the pandemic that, you know, your the effectiveness of Mm -hmm. your uh, digital footprint, be it, um, the website, your your mobile presence, your social presence, um, they may not have all equal importance, um, but you really do need to understand your platforms. And that means sometimes bringing in the yeah. right kind of consulting team that, that can say like, yeah, there's a problem with your website, or it's just <laughs> not mobile, right? Or Google, you know, taking a much harder line in the past year on uh, something that a lot of people will see HTTPS and the little lock and, you know, yeah. you know, they'll tell you that that site is validated and secure. Um, but those sites are starting, the sites that don't have it are starting to be, um, ranking lower or being de-indexed completely. Absolutely. And digital is always evolving. You know, that's going to change. I like to compare it to like um, Formula One racing or NASCAR, right? Every couple of years, they put a catalytic converter on to slow the cars down or something. You know, it's <laughs> remove the brushes from the bottom, reduce the vacuum. You know, but then a couple of years later, people are back up and faster again. And it's this thing that continues to enhance everybody, continues to, to, to raise the bar for what you can accomplish. Google does the same thing for websites. You know, a couple of years ago, they announced that they're going to be, you know, deprioritizing people who are not mobile friendly right. and deprioritizing people who are not secure, you know, and they're continuing to revise and continuing to help the internet grow into a more healthy uh, ecosystem. That's right. That's right. So uh, Matt, where do we go from here with our journey? What, what's your vision for where we'll be going next? Uh, I did tease that we are going to start having guests, but what are some of the other topics we'll be looking at in the future? Well, next week is going to be one of my favorite speakers because we're going to start to talk about content strategy. Nice. And you may not know this, but our very own buddy Scalera is world renowned in the content strategy discipline. And so uh, I know he wouldn't tell you how great he is himself. But uh, maybe he would. Um, but when it, <laughs> but now that we've started, we've been through this journey. We've gotten to the point where we've uh, prioritized these inflection points, determined what decisions, started to figure out what messages will help make that. Well, now we're going to have to start getting into content strategy. And buddy, I guess maybe next week you can start to tell people a little bit about what that looks like and why we do it. I can't wait to talk about content strategy and uh, we'll start touching on it. We'll start uh, going along that learning journey together. Uh, We'll also start to bring on some guests uh, in a small dose, uh, but as part of our service to you, um, I want to just say that um, what you learned from Matt is really important. Uh, If you have uh, any questions, 
I'm going to ask Matt, where can they find uh, you either on the internet or on the web? Where, where can they find you if they have any additional questions, Matt? Well, I'd start by going back and looking at some of these earlier shows to come through the journey at 501c3lookup.org, right? This is Nick's website. It's also a great resource for 501c3s to research ones in the area. I use it for our articles every week. Uh, It's very interesting. Um, If you're looking to make contact with myself and you're interested or you have questions, definitely feel free to reach out. You can find me on my website, matthewbalogh.com, B-A-L-O-G-H.com, or on LinkedIn. And I can tell you that that uh, I follow Matt on LinkedIn. He's always posting interesting uh, tidbits worth following him on that. And Nick, uh, where can they find you? I also have a LinkedIn account, so you can definitely find me there. But I'm on Twitter at Nick underscore Rufa, R-U-F-A. Um, Instagram as well, Nick underscore Rufa. And uh, 501c3lookup.org anytime. And Nick, if, if they were to go to the 501c3lookup.org uh, mm-hmm. website, what would they find there? You're going to find a list of over 2 million nonprofits. We've got about uh, well over 10 years of nonprofit history in, in the database at this point. So we keep it up to date with uh, uh, any new uh, organizations that come on. IRS publishes their data. They're not, uh, they don't have the best search engine, but we take care of that. So we, we ingest their data and we present it in a more uh, orderly way. Searchable, and- orderly, filterable. Nick does a great. You just had a recent update, right? Yep, IRS finally updated after a long lag. Uh, I guess because of COVID as well, they updated, and we have March data in now. So that's great. the latest and greatest. And they can find the Five Hundred One Companion podcast on that website as well, right? All free, all free, all free, all free. Uh, and you can find me on all platforms at Buddy Scalera, uh, BuddyScalera dot com, Buddy Scalera on Twitter, uh, and even LinkedIn. I'm most active on Twitter, and a few of you have reached out uh, there. So definitely reach out to us. Uh, give us feedback. Let us know what you like about the show. Maybe even tell us where we can improve. You know was probably places we can improve um (laughs) but we appreciate that you've hung in there with us um and i hope uh that you stay with us throughout the rest of this journey because we do feel a great passion uh for you and for the charities that you support for the 501 companion podcast we look forward to uh hearing from you my name is buddy scalera i'm with nick rufa and matt balo and stay generous to your charities good night everybody thanks everybody good night and we're out good job matt nice. yeah <laughs>